Welcome to Prayer Storm Podcast. We trust that it will be a blessing to you and that it will stir you and equip you to be all God calls you to be. You heard earlier, we just had a prayer storm gathering in London. Uh, just some incredible things going on. The heart for prayer storm, uh, or the heart of prayer storm, is to raise up a movement of fasting and prayer. We're believing God for a prayer revolution, a prayer revival. Uh, because, you know, if you want to see where the church is in terms of its spirituality, you look at the prayer meetings. When the church is on fire for God, the prayer meetings are fiery and uh and, you know, God is moving. You can see it in the prayer meetings. And when the churches are dead and backslidden, you see it in the prayer meetings as well. And we have been journeying with this these 10 years. We've seen some incredible things happen. We've seen churches change, uh, lives change, people get set free, people get healed, amazing things happen. And uh, we've, we've been kind of branching out. I think uh, we recently did a tour across the UK. We've done that twice now. Uh, and again, it's been incredible. But I've been feeling particularly stirred about London. Uh, so this year, we didn't really do a tour. We just did Prayer Storm London. And we did that last weekend. Uh, six hours worship, prayer, fasting. It was incredible. Um, and uh, we launched something as well in London. We're going to start to do Nazarite School of Prayer in London as well. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> We're trialing it out for four weeks in June. So we're going to start to put the information out very soon. Uh, but the sign-up just went crazy. I mean, the interest was just incredible. I don't know if we have over 100 people already uh, interested. And we've never uh, advertised it pro properly. And um, so we're looking to do Nazareth School of Prayer. Um, Naomi said something about Nazareth School of Prayer briefly. However, I want to clarify, it happens once a week on Friday nights from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., and uh, it's just an incredible time to seek God, that midnight hour. Uh, and just some amazing things happen in London. For example, Naomi is our events coordinator. She can't hear me right now because she's out there trying to sort some stuff out. Uh, so we're having the gathering in London. And um, because Naomi is the event coordinator, I'm expecting her to be there at a certain time. You know, so I'm in the venue thinking, where's Naomi? Where's Naomi? I text Naomi, Naomi, where are you? <laughs> He's like, oh, we're running a bit late. I'm like, Naomi, you're meant to be here right now. <laughs> and so she shows me, oh, sorry, we're already late. Well, we just caught up, we praying for someone, and they got healed. I was like, okay. She's like, well, but James, you need to hear this testimony. I'm like, okay, what's the testimony? So this lady sharing testimony. She bought the Prayer Storm album some time ago, and she sent it to her family member that's unsaved. And she, she sent them the first track on the album. If you know the first track on the album, is We Arise. Send them the first track on the album. So this family member that's unsaved just played it, and they don't know why, but they failed to play it again. So they, they played it again. And as they played it again, they had an encounter with God and got radically saved. <laughs> so Naomi is telling me this, you know, like, you know, basically that's why I'm a bit late. So I'm like, well, if that's why you're late, you can be late every day. <laughs> Because I was like, that's just incredible, you know. And uh, so, you know, we had the gathering. It was just so encouraging to see God move. Now, the, 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 the kind of system, maybe system is not the word. Some of the values for prayer storm, when we gather together on mass and fasting and prayer, is we're not just wanting to pray and just call everyone to release prayers. And I believe that's powerful. What I am more interested in is not just the quantity of the prayer, but the quality of the praying. And I believe that's connected to the depth of the consecration, which is connected to 
uh, holiness and purity. So every gathering you come to, especially the, the days of fasting and praying, there's always going to be, especially at the start of the day, a time of rededication, a time of repentance, because I believe it's absolutely key. Second Chronicles 7.14, you know, says, my people who call my name, you know, you know the scripture is famous one, humble themselves and pray, turn from their own wicked ways. Then God says he will hear. So his hearing is conditioned on certain things being reached, uh, certain, certain uh, things being met. And one of those is his people turning from their own wicked ways. So we, we, we have times of uh, repentance, calling people to to just rededicate their hearts to God, get on fire for God, break away from addictions. So we did that like we normally do at this prayer. You know, in London, we had that. Uh, we had a time where we called people forward to respond. And um, I wasn't really doing a, a count properly, but I think we had about four or five people give their lives to Jesus for the first time. And I'm just thinking, what an amazing place to do that on a day of prayer and fasting <laughs> at a prayer gathering. You know, and, and we had, I, I think, about 14 other people that rededicated their hearts to Jesus. For the, you know, they've done it before, but they wanted to rededicate their hearts to Jesus because they've been living in a place where they weren't fully given to him. And that was amazing. Uh, I remember being on the front, uh, you know, leading the prayer meeting uh, and, you know, calling people forward. And people came forward. However, I saw something that really uh, made me excited because I pray for things like this. Uh, but when I start to see glimpses of it, I'm like, yes, God, yes, God, I can, I can see you doing something and I'm not going to stop praying for this. I'm going to be crying out for more of this. And I guess I call it a spirit of conviction. I've often talked about this because you see this a lot in revivals and moves of God where the spirit of conviction comes on people and there is a sense of an awareness of the holiness of God and an awareness of our filthiness. And oftentimes you... You can't manufacture it, but you can just tell something is going on. And I saw a couple of people that were responding to this call in terms of giving their hearts to Jesus for the first time or rededicating their hearts to Jesus. Just the groans I was hearing, I have never heard that before in any of our meetings. It was like the groans that I can only describe as, it was like God was doing something so deep in the hearts of some of these people. I was just so encouraged and I'm saying, Lord, that is incredible and I want to see more of that across the nation and across the nations. You know, we don't need to wait till we see thousands responding. We have to celebrate the ones and the twos and the threes and the fours. And we need to thank God for the move of His Spirit. I'm telling you, there was such a spirit of conviction. In fact, I want to watch back the video because I remember just, I didn't know what to say. Because I was so taken back by the level, the depth of the groans and the tears that were coming from the people. It wasn't hype. It was like, God's, God's doing something deep here right now. I'm so, just so encouraged by that. So when I look back on these 10 years, I look back on 10 years of us mobilizing fasting and prayer. And um, I feel like we're just beginning. Even though we've been going this long, I believe there's still a long way for us to go as a movement, as a ministry. And the more I've done this, the more I'm becoming more um, aware of uh, the grace that God has placed on prayer stone. And there is a unique grace that God has placed on prayer stone. And it is to mobilize corporate prayers in a way that's unique. 
and in a way that's breaking through strongholds over regions, way that's breaking through uh, powers of darkness over regions and advancing God's purposes. And the more we do this, the more I realize there's such a unique grace that God has placed on this movement. And the more we journey, the more I'm like, God, there's so much more that you want to do in this movement and through this movement of prayer storm. In 2007, I was at uh, The Call Nashville, and uh, part of the journey of prayer storm is connected to Luingo, who leads, well, who used to lead The Call, because The Call is transitioned now. And if you don't know what The Call is, it's a movement of fasting and prayer. It's been going on in America for many years. And uh, 2007, I was at this gathering. The date was 7707. <laughs> and uh, there were 77,000 people gathered. <laughs> Mostly young adults. Stacy, were you there? Yeah, Stacy was there. Yeah, Stacy is my pastor. You know, Stacy and, uh, and Pastor Joe, they you know, the pastor Ram Church. Now, you know, we were there in the in the boiling heat, so it was so hot. And I remember just saying, just being there, going, "Wow, God, this is incredible!" Because this wasn't a one-hour prayer meeting. It wasn't a two-hour prayer meeting. It wasn't a four-hour prayer meeting or six-hour prayer. It was a twelve-hours prayer meeting from ten a.m to 10 p.m. So we stood there in the sun. I'm thinking, wow, God, this is incredible. But at the same time, I'm thinking, Lord, I want to see more of this in the UK. I want to see you move like this. I, I want to see more gatherings. In fact, no, I wasn't thinking I want to see this. I, my, my thoughts were, Lord, why is it that I, we don't see things like this in the UK? I mean, I was thinking to myself, I don't think I've heard or seen or been around anything of this magnitude, of this level of intensity. But at the same time, I'm thinking, Lord, if any nation needs this, <laughs> it is the United Kingdom right now. <laughs> we know Americans can be crazy and we pray for you know, them sometimes. But you know, right now, we need another level of deep repentance, conviction of sin, and calling out to God for a move of heaven like we've never seen before. So I'm there just thinking, Lord, you know, why don't we see this in the UK? And um, as I'm kind of in that day, just worshiping and praying and being part of the day, I just felt the Holy Spirit interrupt my thoughts and said, James, you're going to mobilize like this for prayer in the UK. Kind of shocked me because sometimes... When God speaks, it kind of comes out of nowhere because it's not like it's premeditated. I was like, oh, really? <laughs> so I just felt to write it down. And it's been on my mind since. I didn't know what that meant really fully. Some years later, uh, my wife, uh, 2014, pressed on became a charity. By the way, this, this evening as I'm, as I'm teaching or sharing, I'm just sharing with you some of the journey. And then I'm going to maybe tie it to a scripture. And then we're going to go in some prayer. We're going to take an offering. Um, I turned 30 in uh, 2014. So just before I turned 30, my wife said to me, James, you know, what do you want for your 30th birthday? Now, I, I have followed the ministry of Luingo for many years. Uh, I knew about Lou just before I went to the, uh, to the ramp in 2007 and before I went to the call in 2007. But after the experience of going to the ramp and then going to the call 7707, I was like, I... Uh, I was just hooked on Lou Engel's ministry and was just so, literally, I just preached and listened to every message I could 
lay my hands on, I preach, because I just felt such a connection in terms of um, the calling on his life and why I felt God called me to. Now, actually, there's a word for some people. There are times as you grow in God, you identify people that carry something similar to things that God has placed on you. And actually, the ministries you feel drawn to and the things that you find yourself constantly just listening to and can't get enough of and just engaging with, oftentimes is a picture of some of the assignments that God has placed on your life. Life. Are you listening to me? So don't ignore those things that are stirring your heart and those ministries, those individuals you're feeling drawn to. Many times it's a picture of what God has placed in your life. And I knew that. So I was very much connected with Lou Ingo. I didn't know him personally, but I was very much just listening to everything I could find online and just being impacted by, by the ministry of prayer and fasting that he'd been leading for many years. Just a side note, he was leading these prayer meetings and had only a handful of people in it like for many years. No one knew who he was. And this is what he says. One day, God took his prayer meeting of four and it became 400,000. The first call gathering happened in DC um, in the year 2000 and 400,000 people gathered to fast and pray for 12 hours. Isn't that incredible? Don't despise the days of small beginnings. <laughs> If we can be faithful, and if you can be faithful in doing what God has called you to do, there is a moment of convergence coming. And when that moment comes, it's a moment where your character and your charisma match, where it's like your, your charisma can be contained in your character, and you meet your charis moment, then you step into your moment of convergence, where it's like you step into this momentum of God, because, uh, you know, uh, what's it? John the Baptist was a voice crying out in the wilderness, you know, and when he spoke, he was in a moment of convergence because the mobilization that happened on the back of his voice, you hear me? The whole nation gathered. And being a voice does not come by self-promotion. Okay, there's some things that God releases, you know, and God released this specific grace, you know, over just mobilizing people to fast and pray, and that was the start of the call. So 2014, my wife said to me, James, what do you want for your birthday? 30th birthday. I said, you know what? I'm not really, I don't really know what I want. So I just said in passing, you know, just give me, just give me a phone call conversation with Lou and go, I'll be satisfied. That's all. <laughs> I actually said that not even expecting anything to happen. <laughs> so one day we are, uh, um, we, we had a, uh, how many of you know Rick Pino? Worship leader, prophetic worship leader guy in America. We had him down for uh, uh, one of our prayer gatherings at the time. And so while we're just hanging out talking, he was like, oh, you guys should come around for a conference in, in Texas. Was it Texas, Becky? Was it Austin? Yeah, Texas. So you guys should come around for a conference in Austin, Texas. I was like, okay, okay, well. And then he said, oh, Luengo is going to be there. And then Rebecca was like, oh, Guess what? James would like to meet Lou Engle. So he said, well, if you come to the conference, I'll introduce you to Lou. It's like, okay, well, we're going to be there. So, so we went to the conference, but first we went to the ramp. We visited the ramp, you know, had some time, because the ramp is in, in American Hamilton, Alabama. is like family for us. Went over there, spent some time with them, and then we went over to Austin, Texas. While we were at the, at the ramp, you know, we're just, um, my, actually, I think Rebecca had an experience, just a thought, and sometimes she has a lot of prophetic thoughts. And she, the thought was this, I wonder what would happen if Luengo just went on our Twitter feed and Facebook feed. I wonder what he would think of Prayer Storm. So, like, 
I don't know, not too long after, we both sat down. Yeah, so she had a thought of him tweeting us. Okay, did you tell me? You didn't tell me anything, did you? Oh yeah, okay. So when you told me it hadn't happened, right? Or, okay, so, so she had this thought and she didn't, you know, she told me about it and we just thought, okay, well, that'll be interesting, won't it? Well, we're both lying down, just resting. And because we're both connected to the press on Twitter feed, next thing we just received a tweet from Luengo and it says, just ping, James, raise up a house of prayer in England that overthrows the Muslim house, the Islam house of prayer. <laughs> I'm like, so we both like in shock, like, did that just happen? <laughs> and then another tweet, just to encourage you, James, before the call started, it used to be called prayer storm. <laughs> Listen, I was in Nashville 2007, and the Lord said to me, you mobilize like this for prayer in the UK. I came to the UK and we started prayer storm. The Lord gave me the name Preston. I had no idea that that meeting that was at, that was called The Call, actually used to be called Preston. So, Louis said that to me, James, raise up house of prayer, and then said, well, just to encourage you, we used to run meetings called Preston, and eventually led into The Call. So, I'm like, wow. So, me and Rebecca are like, it's incredible that Louis just tweeted us. And I'm thinking, oh, I know what's happened. Rick Pino has said something to Lou about Preston. That's why he stood here. So I thought, oh, yeah, that's, that's why. Anyway, we go to Austin, Texas. You know, we, we get to the conference. It's amazing. There's loads of people. We're in the green room, you know. And there is Lou Engel right there in the green room. However, I am, if you know me, I'm not one of those people that just, you know, oh, hi, I'm James. And, oh, I'm, you know, if I, just to backtrack, I remember I was with Lou recently. Where were we? We're in America at the Send. And so we're talking, you know, we're just catching up. This guy stood right here. So we're just talking, and I'm wondering, who is this guy? And Louis, Louis also talking, you know, we're talking. So Louis turns to him and says, oh, hi, you know, do I know you? It's like, I have followed you everywhere. <laughs> In that moment, I was like, oh, no, oh, this is so embarrassing. I don't even know what to say right now. It's like, it was just one of those kind of, cringy moments and I just hate that kind of self-promotion and all so I am in the green room Luengel is there and everybody's around Luengel just talking to him I'm thinking oh no I'm not really gonna get to meet him now anyway so you know he's just talking to everyone and so the meeting starts and everyone goes out and I am just heartbroken and just like Lord this is not gonna happen because because Rick Pino had forgotten <laughs> So I'm just like, oh, I'm saying to Rebecca, I don't know what to do now. I think, I, I, don't, I don't feel like this is going to happen. And I don't know how I can just go up and introduce my, it's just not going to work. I just feel like it's a waste of a trip, a waste of money just coming here. It's just, I'm just feeling all discouraged. And then I think I went for a break into the green room and Rick Pino was there and walks in, Luingo walks in and Rebecca was with me. And I think, I don't know if it was you or me that said to Rick, oh, Rick, you said you were going to introduce us. And Rick was like, oh, I'm so sorry, I forgot. It's like, oh, Lou, Lou, this is James and this is Rebecca. You know, they lead something in Manchester called Preston. Do you know the, his first reaction was like, you're the guy. So what I realized in that moment was Rick Pino had not told him anything about Preston. God had directed him to Preston a few days before we met to prepare him for that meeting. 
So when Rick Pino said, this is the guy that, you know, he and his wife, they lead something in Mexico Preston. His first reaction was, you're the guy. Oh, my goodness. You know, and it was just like, we just connected in that moment. It was just incredible. The reason why I'm sharing that story is I really feel there is a parallel and a connection between what God did in America in the prayer storms leading to a mass mobilization of fast and prayer and what he's doing in the UK with this prayer storm right here. Just like the prayer storm in America led to a mass mobilization of fast and prayer, I believe this prayer storm is leading to mobilizations of fasting and prayer like we have never seen before. We're not there yet, but we're on the journey there. Great leaders are able to articulate what already exists as groans in the hearts of the masses. As horrible as Hitler was, he was a great leader. Because when he spoke, he was able to put sound to a lot of emotions and feelings that many people had. So when he spoke, bones begin to rattle and an army begins to be mobilized for evil. Do you not realize the same is true on the God side? There is an anointing to mobilize the army of God to action. There is an anointing to mobilize the church of God to action. Now, there's a lot of prayer going on in the UK right now, but I believe God has called prayer to not just mobilize prayer, but mobilize prayer and fasting on a level that we have not seen before. And we are in the beginning stage, and you just happen to be in this room where I'm sharing this journey with you, and we are on year 10, and I feel like we're almost just beginning to begin to step into the fullness of what God's calling us to, to mobilize on a mass. There is a building that is on a Princess Parkway, if you ever drive that way, it's next to the big Asda. It's called UK Fast. Anyone seen that building? There was a time where my wife and I, every time we drive past that building, we release a declaration. Lord, we thank you for the anointing to mobilize fast and prayer because the United Kingdom will fast. UK will fast. (laughs) Are you hearing me? Next time you drive past that building, remember those words. Release that declaration. Lord, you're going to mobilize the United Kingdom to fasting and praying en masse. Are you hearing me? Now, oftentimes, you hear people talk about prayer and fasting, the content of, we're going to pray and fast so that we see the revival. I am not just thinking of the content, let's just pray and fast so that we see a revival, even though that's great. The praying and the fasting is an end by itself, not just the means to an end. Because if we're just praying for a revival, then when the revival and the move of God starts, the momentum that led up to that move is going to stop because we're going to get carried away by the move. We're going to get carried away by the move of God as opposed to the God of the move. Because now we're wrapped up in all the trappings of making things work in ministry. The prayer that gives birth to the move of God is the same prayer that has to sustain the move of God. Are you hearing me? So what we're after is not just a prayer meeting. We want to raise up a prayer culture. Muslims pray five times a day. And they have a prayer culture. And, you know, I often say this. Prayer is powerful whatever kingdom you're in. If you're in the kingdom of light, prayer is powerful. If you're in the kingdom of darkness, guess what? Prayer is powerful because witches pray. 
and other religions of the world pray. When they pray, do not think just nothing happens. Because prayer is a place where humanity meets divinity. Prayer is like an altar. Spiritual transactions take place at the altar of prayer. Positive and negative. So on the negative side, when they begin to release their chants, they're engaging the powers of darkness, whether they know what they're doing or not. So they have a prayer culture stirring up stuff on the dark side, and we have a prayer meeting. Are you hearing me? They have a prayer culture, and we have a prayer meeting. We will not overthrow a prayer culture and shift the atmosphere with just a prayer meeting. The church has to become a culture of prayer. Not just praying for an event, not just praying for breakthrough over here. Now, we're going to do that, but that lifestyle where we, we, our mindset is conditioned for advancing the kingdom of God, and we will not back out. We're in this for the long haul. Hebrews 10.35, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Have you come across that verse before? The bit that's standing out to me right now is, you have need of endurance. Endurance has to do with stamina. Endurance has to do with strength. People who have endurance have been able to go through difficult things. In sports, if you have endurance, you've been able to push your body to certain limits. So the Lord is saying, we have need of endurance. This is one of the qualities we as the church are lacking. Because we're able to push for a few moments. And I see this all the time when we have prayer meetings. I'm like, everyone, let's pray. Okay, let's pray for Theresa May and let's pray for breakthrough over the nation. And everyone stands up and we lift our voices. Maybe for the first five seconds, there might be some momentum. But after 15 seconds, most times, you know, the momentum drops and everyone goes quiet. And if it's a strong group and people who can push, maybe after a minute, two minutes, it's like momentum drops. No endurance. No stamina. Because God wants us to have spiritual stamina to be able to push. And part of our assignment as a movement is to recruit the warriors and say, come on, warriors, let's go into the gym and let's push. Let's push. Let's push. Because some of you have been so weak because you've not been to the spiritual gym and your weapons, you don't know how to use them. So when you step into the environment where people are pushing, after you've pushed for, a mo uh, for one minute or two minutes, you're like... And I feel like I'm the guy, you know, the trainer. Like, come on, you can do it. Come on, you can do it. Release your voice. Arise, arise. Speak the word. Don't be silent. Listen, we have to arise in our spiritual stamina for the level of oppression and darkness and depression and resistance that the United Kingdom is going through right now. We need more warriors that have endurance. Enough of weak people trying to contend but are not able to push through. Listen, the disciples on the day of Pentecost... They had endurance because their prayer meeting did not have an end time. Jesus did not say, okay, go to the upper room and wait for two hours. <laughs> he didn't go to the upper room and wait for three days. He just says, go and wait until. Everyone said until. So day one, they're praying. Nothing is happening. Maybe they didn't feel any goosebumps. Maybe the meeting felt dead. 
Day two, they're praying. Seeking, Lord, you said we should wait. Nothing is happening. In the natural, it feels like nothing is happening. Day three, they're meeting again. By day four, most Christians are going to go, you know what? It doesn't feel like God's moving. I'm not going to come to the meeting tomorrow. By day five, maybe what started as a meeting of 100 has gone down to maybe 50. Day six, day seven. It may not even feel like there's anything spectacular happening. And this is one of the challenges we have in the church. We get distracted by just pursuing the spectacular and we miss the supernatural. The supernatural is not always spectacular. Remember when the the wise men came to visit Jesus? They received revelation that a king was born. And when they came to worship the king, they were worshiping a baby. Do you understand how strange that is? So they come to worship a king and they're bowing down to a baby. It's like, that's a bit strange. So even though there's a prophecy about king being born, the king came in a small size. Their encounter with the Lord was small. But their encounter with the Lord was supernatural. It may not have been hugely spectacular, but it was supernatural. Many Christians are discrediting themselves because they've not had the encounter like some man of God over there. Or they've not had the encounter where they're out in the spirit for a whole day. Or they've not had this encounter or that encounter. So they're measuring their encounter with the other encounter over there. The fact that I prayed in tongues for five hours and I had a vision does not mean if you pray in tongues for five hours, you're going to see a vision too. It doesn't work that way. It's not one size fits all. Because the way things of the Spirit work is God works with you based on who you are. He works with you based on the calling on your life. So there are times where you could press into God and you may not have a spectacular encounter. But don't discredit what's going on in the spirit realm because it doesn't seem huge. The wise men had a small encounter. And the reason why they had a small encounter was because that was not meant to be the only encounter. However, you don't hear of the wise men coming back to see Jesus. Some people have a small encounter, like, okay, well, I guess it wasn't that massive, so maybe this stuff is not for me. The other guy had this incredible experience over there. Lord, you know, all I had was just a few goosebumps <laughs> and a, a few goosebumps. <laughs> and Lord, I don't feel anything, or, you know, and you just give up and, you know, you don't want to pray anymore. But don't realize. Oftentimes, God will start with little encounters because it's an invitation for more encounters. So you can't give up on the small encounters because they don't look incredible. And so God is wanting us to be people that step into a place of endurance so that we can receive the promise. Day of Pentecost was a manifestation of the promise. But by day seven, by day eight... By day nine, I bet there were people in the meeting that thought, oh, (laughs) when is this Holy Spirit going to (laughs) come? We've been waiting for like all these days and it doesn't seem like anything has happened. And maybe someone in the meeting said, you know what, guys, I've got a business meeting tomorrow. It's day nine, by the way. I've got a business meeting tomorrow. I've been here for nine days. Not much is happening. I'm sure God wouldn't mind if I just missed tomorrow's meeting. (laughs) 
Imagine you're the business guy or you're the busy person that decides, Lord, I can't be there tomorrow because I'm busy. Well, you will be regretting for the rest of your life, missing one of the most significant moments in history because of your lack of endurance. Just stay in there. And this is one of the problems we have with prayer. We often think prayer is meant to be just exciting and explosive every single time you get to pray. Now, if that's you, great, God bless you. Well, that's not me. (laughs) It's not every time I pray, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can feel heaven, I can feel God, and it's amazing, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes just showing up is enough. (laughs) Oh, just show, Lord, I am here. I, I, I don't know where to start my prayer today, but Lord, I am here. All you need to know is, Lord, I have shown up to this appointment and I'm gonna seek your face. I don't feel anything. And by the way, we're called believers, not feelers. So we don't live by the feelings. Thank God for the feelings because it's, the kingdom is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So the, the, the kingdom of God affects our emotions, but we're not called to live by our emotions. Peace and joy, you can't have peace and joy, your emotions are not impacted. It's impossible. So the kingdom affects your emotions, and God's concerned about how you feel. However, how you feel cannot be what shuts you down and stops you from praying. So many Christians are not choosing to press in in the place of endurance in prayer, in prayer because of feelings, feeling disconnected, not feeling as connected as they want to be. So, or maybe you've been praying or seeking God and you feel like not much has shifted. I believe today God wants to release that word to you right now to say, arise mighty warrior, arise in strength and take on a new grace of endurance in the place of prayer. I had a dream a few days ago. I'm gonna round up and we're gonna take an offering. We're gonna pray. In this dream, um, it was literally like God was my father. So I know I have an earthly father, but in the dream, God was my actual father and I'd been writing him all these letters. So I'll write these letters, I'll send it, I'll write this letter, I'll send it, I'll write this, I'll send it. But I wasn't receiving a lot of replies. And so it was like in the dream, I was getting very discouraged. I was getting very hurt. I was getting disappointed. But in spite of the disappointment, in spite of the hurt, in spite of all that, I just kept writing the letters. I just kept writing the letters. You know, so I just kept writing. And then it was like in the dream, I was taken to the other side from God's perspective. And uh, I remember being on that side, almost thinking, Lord, you know, I've been writing all these letters. And the Lord showed me a book. And in the book were all the replies the Lord had to my letters, but somehow I never got them. However, what happened was, as I'm realizing the Lord had replied to every letter I'd written, I realized he'd actually written more letters than I had written. (laughs) And the moment I saw that, I just broke down into a deep groaning and tears in the dream. I woke up just groaning. <laughs> like, I don't even know how to describe it. It was like, it was the emotion of, Lord, I cannot believe I was on this side getting offended. Whereas you'd actually done a lot more than I realized. And somehow I just not received it. So my prayer has been, Lord, I want to receive the letters you're sending me. And I want to realize that you are doing a lot more than I can ever imagine. As I came to this meeting today, I believe there's some people here. Your problem is not that you have a problem in prayer. You just have a problem with God. Because you're disappointed. Because you're still hurt. You're like, God, I prayed, I prayed, I prayed. Yeah, listen, 
We probably all have things we can be disappointed about in the area of I prayed and Lord, I didn't see a breakthrough. But sometimes all we need is a fresh perspective. And I know that. So when I'm kind of going through my phase of being discouraged or whatever, I just know all I need is the Lord to give me a fresh perspective of what I'm going through. And instantly my emotions align with the emotions of heaven. I see things differently. And many times the problem hasn't changed I have changed because of a perspective shift. I believe today God is wanting to release healing to places of brokenness in people's hearts, especially in the area of discouragement, in the areas being hurt and disappointed because you've prayed and you've not seen the full manifestation. And the Lord is saying, you have need of endurance. I'll read the, la- the last verse again. So that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. So doing the will of God does not mean you receive the promise after you do what God says. As in, what I mean by that is, the fact that you've done the will of God does not mean in that moment you receive the the reward of doing what God said to do. After you've done the will of God, then you will receive the promise. The problem is the Bible does not tell us how long then is. You know, you read some verses in the Bible, like verse 1, verse 2, verse 3, you have no idea that between verse 1 and verse 2 is like, you know, 20 or 30 years. (laughs) It just seems so easy to read, but you don't understand the endurance in that whole verse 1 to verse 2. In the same way, God is wanting us to realize the things of the kingdom oftentimes is not that God doesn't want to do the things we're praying for. Listen to this. The prophecy is the announcement of your assignment. The purpose is the fulfillment of your assignment. Between the prophecy and the purpose is something called the process. So we receive the prophecy and we think it's going to happen tomorrow. And it's amazing that oftentimes the prophecies don't tell you about all the difficulties. They just tell you all the high points. And you're like, yes, God. I received this prophetic word. You're so excited. But you don't realize you received that prophetic word and it's like the next thing is, Joseph, you're going to be thrown into the pits. And then you're going to go through years of testing. (laughs) So you have the prophecy. The fulfillment is the purpose. And in between, you have the process, which oftentimes the Bible refers to as the wilderness. But in the wilderness, your endurance is being tested. There are people here today, your endurance has been tested. And even as I look at prayer storm, I believe our endurance is being tested, has been tested. And we're coming into a season where God is, I'm looking at that verse of a prayer storm. God is calling us to not give up, to not let go on the promise, because there is still much more that God wants to do. Thank you for tuning in to Prayer Storm Podcast. We hope you have enjoyed today's edition. For more information and teaching, and if you'd like to get connected, please visit www.prayerstorm.org.